You're listening to Satterfield on Sports, your source for in-depth commentary on the whole wide world of sports. From Major League Baseball to the National Football League to the English Premier League and beyond. Here's your host, Kyle Satterfield. Welcome back to Satterfield on Sports. It is the summer of sports. So much happening right now. The NBA playoffs, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, the European Championship, the College World Series, Major League Baseball. It is all happening right now. On this episode, I want to whip around to a few different topics, beginning with the NBA and specifically beginning with Kevin Durant, whose legacy has been greatly enhanced over the past few weeks, even though he and the Brooklyn Nets are now out of the NBA playoffs. In the past, I have been very critical of Durant, and for good reason. Criticism never because of his talent. He has always been immensely talented, has always been an elite player in the association. But What happened back in the summer of 2016 was worthy of criticism then. It is worthy of criticism now. So before I heap praise on KD, I want to return to what happened five years ago when he left Oklahoma City and joined, at the time, the best basketball team in the league, the Golden State Warriors. Durant and the Thunder were up three games to one on the Warriors in that 2016 Western Conference Final. One win away from the NBA Finals, and they lost three straight. Knocked out by the Warriors, who then went on and played that epic series with my Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love, engineering a 3-1 comeback of their own to win that championship for the city of Cleveland. But following the NBA Finals later that summer, Durant as a free agent, as you all know by now, but it bears repeating, he left Oklahoma City and joined those Warriors, the team that knocked him out of the playoffs when his team was up three games to one. And that was also the season, that 15-16 season, the Warriors won 73 games, the all-time NBA record for wins in the regular season. They also won the NBA Finals in 2015. So they were an existing juggernaut, an existing super team, and Durant joined them. That was a cowardly move. And yes, he won two titles there in Oakland in 2017 and 2018, but that should not be. I mean, he was great in those two seasons. He was great in the NBA Finals in 17 and 18, but leaving OKC to join Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and a team that it was already built, was already the most talented team in the league, and Durant joins them. It was a soft, soft move, not the move of someone confident in their own abilities, and yet he has arguably more talent than anyone else in the league. And then last offseason, he goes to Brooklyn. At least here, he formed his own super team. He brought Kyrie with him, and then they traded for James Harden. So he created his own super team. That's preferable to what he did in Golden State, where he joined a team that was already 
elite and had just knocked his team out of the playoffs when his team, Durant and Westbrook and OKC, were up three games to one. So they choke away a series and he joins the team that beats him. That will never not be a ridiculous decision. With all of that being said, now I want to praise Durant more than I ever have on this podcast or anywhere else because what he did in these playoffs was awesome. Awesome. And his help deserted him. Injuries wrecked havoc on this Brooklyn Nets roster throughout these playoffs. James Harden suffered a hamstring injury in the opening minute of the opening round. Kyrie Irving suffered an ankle injury in the Eastern Conference semifinal against Milwaukee. He missed games five, six, and seven. Harden played in those three games, but he was on one leg, nowhere near 100%. So in those three games, the most important three games of the net season, and arguably for his legacy, the three most important games in the career of Kevin Durant, he played all but eight minutes of those three games combined, including all 53 minutes in game seven, all of regulation and all of overtime. He scored 49 points in game five. He scored 48 points in game seven, including the game-tying long two-point jumper with one second remaining in the fourth quarter. Had his foot been back maybe three or four inches, that would have been a game-winning three instead of a game-tying two. A cruel result for Durant, who played well enough to win. More than well enough to win. His performance deserved to advance to the next round, but with Harden not at full health, with Kyrie not there for the last three games, it was a one-man show, and it was not enough. The Nets won game five to go up 3-2, but the Bucks winning game six and seven. Giannis was great. Chris Middleton was great. Take nothing away from the Milwaukee Bucks, who are now in the Eastern Conference Finals, but Kevin Durant is the story here. He has been roundly criticized for years, and rightfully so, for joining and then creating a super team. But what he did here proves he belongs in the pantheon of NBA greats. Criticize the move to Golden State as I have and will continue to do so. That is a part of his legacy. In my view, it's a negative mark on his resume. But he goes to Brooklyn, at least forms his own super team, and then when his supporting cast falls away, he shoulders the burden, no complaints, no excuses, and he played like a true all-time great. And now, as he proves what we all knew, we knew he could carry the burden, but to see him do it was so impressive. And now Kyrie will be back. Harden will be back. This big three is not over. I would be surprised if they do not win an NBA title in the next few years. They are built to win. And Kevin Durant doing what he did in these playoffs will give him even more confidence when the other two come back. Look out. The NBA could be run by the Brooklyn Nets for the next several seasons. But for right now, the four teams remaining, they could all win. This is a wide open NBA playoffs. The Bucks and the Hawks out east, the Suns and the Clippers out west. The NBA playoffs are usually defined by chalk, by the predictable outcomes 
happening. Not this year. The reigning champions, the Lakers are out. The Brooklyn Nets and their big three, the favorites in the East, are out. And injuries have played a significant role in creating a bracket overrun by chaos. Think of the star players who have missed significant time through injury, or in one case, through a positive COVID-19 test. Anthony Davis for the Lakers, injured partway through that opening series against the Suns. That was perhaps the deciding factor in the Lakers losing and the Suns marching on. Kawhi Leonard knee injury in the last round for the Clippers, missed games five and six. Somehow, the Clippers won both games to knock out the Jazz, who had their own injury problems. Their good veteran point guard from the Ohio State University, Mike Conley, he missed almost the entire series through injury. Already mentioned the Nets' problems with Kyrie and James Harden, and injuries have shaped these NBA playoffs more than any other factor. But it has been fun, and the four teams remaining, all can win the title, should be a really good final two rounds, the conference finals and the NBA finals. But the takeaway for me from these playoffs, Kevin Durant, that was awesome. He averaged 34 points per game through those first two rounds of the playoffs on better than 50% shooting from the floor. He is now the best player in this league. I maintain my position. As I stated on this podcast last year, LeBron James is the greatest ever. Go back, listen to that episode. If you disagree with me, I lay out a very good case. But LeBron getting older, injury issues this past season, Kevin Durant going forward will be the best player in this league for the next few seasons. He's not on LeBron's level looking at the overall career, but right now, Durant is the number one. He is the alpha, the top dog in this league. His legacy, in my eyes, and the eyes of many around basketball, has greatly improved. He was already a great player, already a future Hall of Famer, but doing that on his own, after taking the easy way out with Golden State, he was given a much harder task. In the end, his team failed, but through no fault of his own. Kevin Durant left everything on the floor in that series against the Milwaukee Bucks. So from the NBA playoffs to the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, in my opinion, the best tournament in all of sports, the intensity, the physicality, the speed of hockey, which is always there, it goes up several more levels in the playoffs, and especially with fans back in the arenas. From Las Vegas to Long Island, the fans are back. The arenas are rocking. Playoff hockey is all the way back. Last summer in the bubble, that was good. It was better than nothing, to be sure. But no fans, that atmosphere just was not there. The players gave everything they had. They put on a show for us watching back home, but it's just not the same without fans inside the building. They're back now, and these playoffs have been what we have come to expect over the years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The story here is two parts in these hockey playoffs, and for both, we must go north of the border into Canada. For this 2021 season, the NHL 
essentially created four bubbles, four new divisions to put teams in groups with teams relatively close to them geographically and teams only played inside their division. So no cross-division games, everything inside the four divisions. All the Canadian teams were put in one division, the North Division. And what we learned through this experiment is that no matter how the National Hockey League arranges its league, arranges its teams, no matter how the league changes its playoff format, there is one constant in this sport, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs will find a way to fail no matter what. This franchise is snake-bitten. They are cursed. They don't just fail. They fail in impossible-to-believe ways. This is a franchise, one of the original six. This is an old hockey club with a great fan base and a great history. They last won the Cup in 1967. They have not won a playoff series since 2004, nearly two decades ago in a league that allows more than half of its teams to make the postseason. They have not won a playoff series. They have not advanced to the second round in 17 years. And during that nearly two-decade span of misery, there was the 2013 collapse in Boston. Game seven, first round, Leafs led by three goals in the third period and lost the game and lost the series. They lost another game seven to Boston, leading in the third period, only by one goal. That was in 2019. Then last year, they lost in that qualifying round to my Blue Jackets, Leafs scoring three goals in the final five minutes to tie game four in the best of five, forced overtime and won. They had all the momentum and then were shut out in the deciding game five. But this year, this might be the worst. Well, 2013 will always be the worst. Up three goals mere minutes from the second round. That's a whole nother level of collapse. But this year, the Leafs, the number one seed in the North Division, star power, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. But their captain, John Tavera, suffered an ugly injury. Falling to the ice, his head made contact with the knee of Corey Perry, knocked unconscious. He was out for the series. That happened in the opening period of the opening round against the Montreal Canadiens. So their captain, gone. The Canadians, though, were the weakest team on paper in the entire playoffs. They were the last team to clinch a spot in the playoffs, the fourth and final team to qualify in the North Division, the weakest of the four divisions. So the weakest playoff team in the weakest division. So even without their captain, Leafs go up three games to one and then proceed to lose games five, six, and seven, never holding a lead in any of the three games. Game six was the worst. Game six almost certainly caused a significant number of Leafs fans to renounce their fandom, and they cannot be blamed. I mean, how much of this can a fan base take? I'm a Browns fan. I've seen, I've seen failure, but the Browns, for the most part in the last 20 years, have just been terrible. They don't break your heart. They just, they lull you to sleep. 0-16, oh, 1-15, It's not like they're going to the playoffs every year and losing. That's the Leafs. They go to the playoffs frequently 
and find new ways to lose. They invent new ways to torture their fan base. That game six against the Habs, scoreless in the third period, Canadians score a goal. Okay, only a one-goal deficit for the Leafs. Again, on paper, they are the better team, only down by one goal. But they inexplicably challenged for goaltender interference. There was none. They lost the challenge. That means a delay of game penalty, and the Canadians go back on the power play. Seconds into that power play, Mitch Marner has the puck in his own zone with time and space to move it. All he has to do is gently slide the puck all the way down the ice with his team shorthanded. There's no icing. Just slide that thing all the way down. But instead, he just launches it up in the air and over the glass for a delay of game penalty. Now it's a five on three and the Habs score again. Somehow the Leafs overcome all of those mistakes and tie the game with two late third period goals. But then in overtime, they commit a horrible turnover in their own zone. Bang, Canadians score and they win game six, they win game seven, and the Leafs are done. It is truly incredible how this hockey team, they are cursed. They are snake-bitten. These are words that get thrown around in in the context of sports when there's no other explanation. You look at the stats, you look at the personnel involved, and you think, how can this team continue to fail in this many ways? I genuinely feel bad for the Maple Leafs fans. They're a passionate bunch, They're a loyal bunch, and they have been through some tough times here as of late. Another failure here in 2021. And the Canadians have just continued to win. They swept the Winnipeg Jets. That's, if you're counting at home, seven consecutive victories. The final three against the Leafs, all four against the Jets. They never trailed in any of those seven games. They just flipped a switch with the future Hall of Fame goaltender Carey Price between the pipes and a ragtag bunch of veterans like Corey Perry and Jeff Petrie and some young kids like the rookie Cole Caulfield. They've just kind of put it together. And now as I record this, they're in a 2-2 series with the Vegas Golden Knights, a much better hockey team. But the Habs are right there, two wins away from the cup final. So like the NBA, the NHL is down to the final four. In the NHL, it's the... Lightning and the Islanders on one side of the bracket, the Knights and the Habs on the other. I will talk more about that later in the summer after the NHL crowns its champion next month. So the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, so much excitement there. But now I want to share with you what has so far been the best sports story of 2021, one of the best I have ever witnessed. And for that, I must transition to the European Championship Euros 2020 postponed from last summer, now being played here in the summer of 2021. All the great nations in Europe in what is a really fun soccer tournament. On the second day of the tournament, about a week and a half ago, there was a near tragedy, a near death on the field. Denmark playing Finland in the opening match of their group. Game was being played in Denmark. Several thousand fans in attendance, and they watched in horror as Christian Eriksen, their best player, former Tottenham Hotspur player, now plays for Inter Milan in Serie A in Italy. He collapsed on the field. His heart stopped. 
cardiac arrest in the middle of the game. His teammates, the team doctors, rushed to his aid. CPR was performed, and his life was saved. But he was very nearly gone. It was a matter of seconds, according to the doctors, who saved his life. He was rushed to a nearby hospital. Soon in stable condition, he's now back home with his family. Thankfully, thankfully, a true tragedy narrowly avoided. It was a horrific moment. Thousands watching there in Denmark, millions watching around the world. We watched a man nearly lose his life playing a game. It is supposed to be fun. It is fun almost always. It is a great game. It is the beautiful game. And a young man, not even 30, nearly died in the middle of it. Nearly an unspeakable tragedy. But he is alive. There was heroism on display on that field as teammates rushing to his aid, the team doctors rushing to his aid, the CPR, the life-saving CPR. And he's alive and reports are he plans to play when Inter Milan begin their season later this summer. Remarkable. Just that would have been a story worth talking about. Manually dies on the field, is brought back to life, and now plans to resume his career. That's a story. That is a story. But you see, this Denmark team, they did not want that to be the final chapter in their story for this tournament. What they have done since is nothing short of a miracle. It is miraculous Ericsson is alive. It is also miraculous that Denmark have found a way through the group stage and into the knockout round. On the final day of the group stage, it was soccer at its very best. Denmark playing Russia in one game while simultaneously the other game in the group was also being played, Belgium and Finland. Denmark needed a win and help to advance. If Finland lost by one goal to Belgium, well, then Denmark needed to win by two against Russia because there was a deficit in the goal difference column that needed to be overcome in order for the Danes to move on. And it was 90 minutes of just wildly entertaining soccer. Denmark found the early goal and led 1-0 at halftime, but Belgium and Finland were nil-nil. No help from that other match. Denmark scored again early in the second half. A bad turnover by the Russians, leading to an easy goal for Denmark. Now it is 2-0. Belgium find the breakthrough beyond the hour mark, but VAR intervenes. Romelu Lukaku, the excellent striker for Belgium, was ruled to be marginally millimeters offside. And then Russia, minutes later, granted a highly controversial penalty. They convert from the spot, and now Denmark are only ahead by one goal, and Finland are maintaining a nil-nil tie with Belgium. And then in the span of about five minutes, something magical happened. The goals began to pour in, and every goal was in favor of Denmark's cause. Playing in Copenhagen, large crowd on hand, urging them on, the goals began to find the back of the net. First, it was Belgium converting from a corner. Now they lead 1-0. Denmark need the next goal. And oh, they found it. Mad scramble in front, ball cleared out of the penalty area, 
and Andreas Christensen, who won Champions League with Chelsea only a few weeks ago. The ball rolled to him about 20 yards out from goal, and he unleashed a vicious strike through the night sky and nearly through the back of the net. Goal, Denmark, ahead 3-1. They had the goals they needed, but they continued to score. They added a fourth as Belgium added a second. And all of a sudden, Finland were behind by two and Denmark were ahead by three. They had more than enough at that point. The Denmark game ended first and the players huddled on the field surrounding one of their coaches who had a cell phone on which he was receiving updates from the Belgium-Finland game. He received the final update, full-time, Belgium 2, Finland 0. The players celebrated wildly. The fans went crazy. Denmark through to the round of 16. Incredible. An incredible journey. Losing Christian Eriksen in their first game, They lost their second game to Belgium 2-1. They scored in the opening two minutes in a beautiful tribute to their fallen star. But they lost the game. So they had to win that finale and they needed help. The goal by Christensen will live long in football history. What a performance. And I must say a few words about Kasper Schmeichel, the goalkeeper and the captain for this Denmark side. The goalkeeper for my club in the Premier League, Leicester City. Schmeichel is a special, special individual, great leader. He was a rock for Leicester when they won the Premier League in 2016, the 5,000 to one miracle. And Schmeichel was on the scene that horrible night three years ago when Leicester City's owner died in a helicopter crash just outside King Power Stadium in Leicester. And Schmeichel was there that night, a source of calm and comfort for every member of that football club. And he was a leader over the next few days and weeks as that club and that community coped with a tragedy. And there was Schmeichel at Wembley Stadium last month, making not one but two great saves late in the second half to preserve Leicester's victory in the FA Cup final. And there he was at the Euros over the past week and a half, leading his team, leading his country through very trying times. Kasper Schmeichel is a great, great leader and a great, great goalkeeper. And what Denmark have accomplished over the past week and a half, nothing short of inspirational, nothing short of a miracle. It is a story for the ages And now they are on to the round of 16. I, for one, will be rooting for them. And I would not doubt this remarkable group of players. Denmark, what a story. So the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Euros, the College World Series is underway in Omaha, Major League Baseball nearing the halfway point. Whatever you want as a sports fan It is there. The only problem is deciding what to watch. There is so much on, so much happening right now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Satterfield on Sports. I am your host, Kyle Satterfield, saying so long and goodbye.